Great crowd. <laughs> it is good, man. Welcome to Germantown. We're glad to have you. Thank you. Thanks for being here today. Thank so, you for having me. I feel like I just walked into Lambeau Field, you know. So I th this is Germantown. This is I, it, I man. I feel this like is, Lambeau Field. This okay. is how we roll here. Right. We're a little excited. Well, thank you for having me. A little excited. Yeah. So we just want to kind of get into a little bit of your story, but talk just a little bit about, about kind of your journey to get into the NFL. Like kind of just kind of tell us. I know you went to San Diego State. And then uh, just tell us a little bit of that story. Well, before San Diego State, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. Um, uh, had a great coach. He was like the, uh, I remember we used to do this drill called the Lombardis. I didn't know who Lombardi was until obviously now I know who Lombardi is. But it, was, it wasn't a fun name. It was his names that you know you just didn't like. But anyway, uh, coach, uh, coach Garrett just really spoke life into me, believed in me. And, um, I, you know, our school was a basketball school. But we ended up going to the championship my first year in the history of the school. And then I went on to San Diego State, got a scholarship, and I just really went to, uh, I was good at football. wasn't really my thing. I mean, it wasn't like my life. It was just, I was very good at it. I was rough. And then all of a sudden, I said, I'm going to go to San Diego State so I can get a business degree so I can help my dad be a plumber, you know, help grow right. his business and everything. And I was good enough uh, uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in college, and I got drafted by the Green Bay Packers. So I'm here. In 2000, right? In 2000, yes. In and we are so glad that you got drafted by the Packers. I'm glad. I wasn't happy when I got drafted now. I was, I, San I, Diego to I Green Bay? San What's Diego. the problem? I don't know if you guys remember Aaron Taylor. He used to play for the Packers, and he told me to get rid of my flip-flops and my shorts. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, I brought long johns. I, I had it all ready to get ready for the frozen tundra because that's what I expected to be, like, below zero here. So. Yeah, you, you know, I, I moved here from Arkansas. Which is oh, almost, so you can relate to Almost like San to, Diego, yes. just a little different. But you came here by choice. <laughs> when I was the call of God. Oh, you was called? Okay, yeah. I was drafted, so, so I had to no little, Similar, right? <laughs> so I do think when we get to heaven, I think you and I are going to get to go to, like, a very nice, warm climate oh, for the rest of our life. praise God. Amen? <laughs> yeah, amen. Can I get a witness? Amen. What about y'all? Right? Anybody else? <laughs> So, who are some of your favorite teammates in the NFL and at the, at the Green in uh, at uh, Green Bay? Well, my favorite teammate would have to be uh, Sam Congato. He came from Liberty University. Sure. Both Nigerian. You know, we used to call ourselves the Nigerian Nightmare. You know, he was on the offensive side of the ball. I was on the uh, off uh, defense. Um, Chad Clifton going up against Chad Clifton from Tennessee. Uh, just you know, he made me who I was, and I think I like to think that I helped them to be a, a better offensive. Uh, Blind spot for Brett Favre and uh, Aaron Rodgers. All right, so speaking of Brett Favre, what was it like playing on the field, playing on the team, being, being there in the locker room at Lambeau well, with Brett Favre? Well, the first year playing with Brett Favre, I must admit, I grew up watching Brett Favre just like some of you guys may have remembered when he played. And I was in junior high. I remember being in junior high or maybe in, more in high school, but I remember seeing him in my, the turn of junior high going to high school, seeing Brett Favre and... I, you know, obviously I went through my whole story of how I got to the NFL. Then I get drafted. I remember Brett Favre came up to me and shook my hands and said, hey, my name is Brett. Like, who doesn't know who you are? You know, right. like, I mean, I mean, right. of course I know who you are, right? right? But then I'm just remembering the first day, I'm just looking at how much command he had over the field and how the coaches treat him. Like, this is not like any quarterback I've seen in college or in the pros. I mean, he's just running the show. He's, you know, touching himself and doing all this stuff. And come on, come on, come on. Blue, blue, blue. I mean, he's just doing all this stuff. And I'm right. thinking, like, wow. And then after the next day, I said, okay, I better start, like, worrying about getting a job instead of being <laughs> idolizing Brett Favre here. So but it was just cool playing with Brett and just seeing his uh, winning attitude and just how he played the game. I never thought that he ever thought he was bigger than the team or he just, and like I said, I mean, I was a rookie. He came up fifth round, came up to me and said, hey, my name is Brett Favre. 
welcome to the team and everything. So I, I have an admiration for uh, Brett Favre. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, so you go to Green Bay in 2000 from San Diego State. Mm -hmm. Are you a Christ follower at that point? No, I was not. No, so was talk not. to me about the journey. How, how do you, how do you, what Well, happened? I grew up, just to give you a context, Pastor, I, was, uh, I grew up in a home. Mom is a Christian, born, born again uh, Christian. Dad is a Muslim. And so I did grow up going to church. My mom made us go to church, uh, and, and I didn't want to go. She made us do these long prayers on Saturdays. And I remember sometimes even, I mean, just to tell you how I was, I used to have a pillow. I used to lay down because I knew we were going to do these long prayers, and I will put the <laughs> pillow on my butt so that uh, it looks like I'm, you know, building it, but I was sleeping, you know. And, right. and my mom would, you know, sometimes catch me and everything. But anyway, we went to church, and... But during Ramadan, I wanted to do what my dad was, uh, I wanted to uh, be a Muslim and do the things that he was doing. So when I went up to college, I remember my dad would, would uh, tell me, he said, ask Christians these questions of showing you where Jesus Christ said he was God. And so I just went around in my journey, you know, in college telling, hey, show me where Jesus is God. And, you know, most people would say, hey, that's a great question. Let me get back to you. A lot of people wasn't prepared to really give me an answer for why they thought that. And so I just felt like, man, my old man knows what he's talking about. So I never really had to, you know, I mean, I, and even when I went to the chapel service at San Diego State, you know, uh, I think of uh, Jimmy. You know, I used to go there and I used to say, I'm just there just observing. I'm just observing you Christians just to, you know. But I think I used to go because I grew up in the church, even though I never believed. Ah, gotcha. And so just comfortable being around there, just looking at these Christians. And so anyway, I didn't meet my match until I got to uh, my rookie year with the Green Bay Packers. There was a guy named Gilbert who I actually met at San Diego State. Jimmy, the, 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 the Athletes in Action guy, introduced me to Gilbert. Gilbert used to be part of the Nation of Islam, which is, I, I was a Sunni Muslim, but it was a nation, but he just thought that maybe there's some commonality and maybe because we're both bald-headed. I don't know, in black. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, so we, we met, and I remember having Gilbert, and I remember playing Tecmo Bowl. I, I don't, am I getting old? Okay, I'm old. Don't worry about That's it. That's all right. But okay, but I remember playing Tecmo Bowl, and I remember seeing Gilbert who used to be for the Chargers, two-time Pro Bowler. Right. And I'm, I, mean, I remember seeing him in my hotel room, and I'm thinking, like, this is Gilbert. He said, hey, if you have any questions, I'll be more than happy. Just get, here's my number. And I'm thinking, like, I got Gilbert's number. And I remember I said, okay, I'm going to give him a call. He said I can give him a call. I gave him a call, and the number says this number is, uh, basically told me this number is no longer in service. Um, <laughs> and so I'm thinking, like, what is this? So I called Jimmy. I said, what happened? I said, I thought Gil, Gil number's not working anymore. He said, oh, he moved to Green Bay. Thought nothing of it, didn't care. I said, okay, I tossed the number, and it was my junior year. I go on to my senior, do well, get drafted by the Green Bay Packers, talk to the media, talk to the coaches, and the last person I talked to was the director of player development, and it was Gil Bird from San Diego a year later, and wow. he said he, that's where he moved to, to be the director of player development, and that's the guy that helps people to get, you know, you know acclimated to their new environment. Um, being him, him being from San Diego, it would be very easy for him to help me, right. to coach me through the summer, going into winter, so, you know. <laughs> but what Gil was, was he truly was a man of God. He was prepared to give an answer for the hope that he had. I saw how he treated his wife, how he treated his kids, and it was just something contagious about Gil Bird that I just hung out with him. I used to go to his house, eat up all his food, you know, and it, not even thinking I'm in the pros making some money, but I'm eating up all his food, not thinking about all of the stuff it cost him. I, I mean, literally, I'll go to a whole loaf of bread. They had the cinnamon bread that they used to have, and I would wow. just eat the whole loaf with, with butter and everything, you know. I was a typical, you know, college kid, but anyway, but just the love that they showed me and just the willingness to challenge me and yeah. challenge my thinking and everything. And so anyway, one day me and Gilbert got into an argument 
And he just basically said, we don't worship the same God. And I, and I took offense. I said, well, we worship the same God. I mean, you guys call it Mary. You know, you guys have Jesus. We call it uh, Isa. And you have Mary. We call it Miriam. And I was just trying to show them all the commonality that, you know, you just got it wrong. What you guys are calling wow. Jesus, the son of God. That's, that's where, we, you know, we, we part ways. And so I couldn't finish that argument. So I had to go back uh, to, uh, to my meeting because they, they fine you $10,000 a, a minute. And I'm cheap. And so I, that was yeah, just too expensive, even, even on the NFL budget. So, yeah. so anyway, so I get back, and I'm, I want to uh, um, finish my conversation with Gil at lunch. But a guy came in out of town. I don't know who he was. He was a sh And forgive me, you know, because I, I don't believe in colors. I think we're all different shades of brown. I don't see any white person in here. Anybody white people in here? I don't see any white. But I will use it for the sake of the story. But I had a light shade brown guy, you know. <laughs> and he was, it, it, he was very short. And he's walking up, and he's saying, you know where Gil's office is? And I said, sure, let me take you back there. I took him to Gil's office, and, and I'm just thinking to myself that, you know, hey, Gil, the guy's here. We can, we can have our conversation later. I don't want to, you know, interrupt you or anything. Right. And the guy says, well, hey, maybe I can help you out. So I said, okay, uh, well, show me where Jesus was God. I'm going I'm 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 to blow, I'm, I'm blow him out the water on this one, right? And I'm, like I said, he's short, and he's, what would I say, vanilla brown? Vanilla brown? <laughs> So anyway, he says, sure, this dude, before even Palm Pilots, I had Palm Pilots at the time, but before the, you know, PDA and all those uh, right. smartphones, this guy pulls out a small little Bible, and he's about to show me something, and I remember him sitting next to me, I'm looking at him, and he's about to, and I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, normally I, I get, let me get back to you. That's a great question. And right. you have to understand, this is my rookie year. I got muscles pumping all over the place, you know. You're pumping weights and everything. The guy's short, and he's on the, you know, on the light side of the brown, right? And you would just think that there will be a little bit of intimidation factor there, right? And this guy is confidently is showing me whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, and I was going to ask him another question. And, and Pastor, you probably feel like wanting to say this right now. He said, if you just shut up, I'll be more than happy <laughs> to answer your question right now. So, and so I just remember sitting down, and, and he's reading through it. It didn't even matter what he was telling me anymore. Because all I know is that he, I, I felt like Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas moment here. Wow. I'm used to knocking people out, and all of a sudden, I, don't have, I, I can't hit back. And I remember going home. That day, I, I, I remember like it was yesterday, I went home that day and I got on my knees. Wow. And I prayed as a non-believer. This is as a non-believer Muslim. That's what I saw myself at this time. I got on my knees and said, God, whoever created Muhammad Kabir, Oluwari Wajubajabiyamila, and that's my real name. But you can use KGB just for, uh, <laughs> just, for uh, Thank you. just to make it a little bit easy. But I, I said my name, I said, that's the God I'm praying to. And if you create me, and as I read this Bible, my prayer was, as I read this Bible, help me to find the contradictions wow. in the Bible. So the next time I run into a Christian who thinks he has the answer, I can show him where he got it wrong. And so no more I wanted to hear what my dad told me what to tell them. I wanted to know for myself so I could be able to defend why I think Jesus Christ is not the way. And so as I was reading, I st and I started in Genesis. Because, you know, what do they right. usually tell you? You know, read the book of John, you know, right, read that. Right, right. I say, hey, what's in the Old Testament? Oh, stay away from that. You know, that's where God was kind of me. I'm saying, man, there's some dirt in here. Yeah. So I, I say, I'm going to go to the Old Testament. Forget the New Testament. I know right. all that about I want to find some dirt in here, you know. Right. So I get to Genesis 6. I, I didn't get too far into it, but I get to Genesis chapter 6. And, God, and, the, and one of my arguments was man wrote this Bible. God didn't write this Bible. Man wrote this Bible. Right. And I get to six, and it says, every inclination of man hearts to do evil all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, I have a good heart. And if I was to do a survey, and I wish I, I, I may do this tomorrow, but if I was to do a survey, most people would say, I have a good heart. 
Yeah. I'm a good person. I have a good heart. So that threw me off because that's not a normal response. And then I get to eight. It says, after the flood, never again will I destroy the earth because their heart is inclined to do evil all the time from childhood. And I don't know which order it is, but you get the judge. And so I'm thinking to myself, hmm, okay, let me just keep reading. Right. And I'm reading and I'm getting to all of these different laws. I said, that's a sin? That's a sin? Because before I started, I was up here. Right. All my righteous things were here and all the bad, I did some bad things. But I was a good kid. I got a scholarship, South Central Los Angeles, good kid, good grades. And all of a sudden, as I'm reading, literally my sins was, all the stuff I thought was going down and my sins was multiplying right before my very own eyes. I didn't get through the, I didn't even get to the New Testament. I called Gil Bird and says, Gil, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Wow. I didn't even make it to the New Testament. Now, all of a sudden, Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross made sense sure. because I recognized that I was a sinner. So that's my journey. Oh, I know it's a long, long version oh, of that. Good, man. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. You know, something that, that struck me that Gil said to you that a lot of people won't say, and that is, is that Christians and Muslims are serving the same, same mm -hmm. God. And, and that becomes, because sometimes in the world in which you live in, it becomes a very hostile language, but it's the truth. It's, it, and, and that challenge from him, and then going back into God's word and God revealing himself, you know, and that's what Paul says in the book of Romans, that he reveals himself. Wow, that's, a, that's powerful. Oh, very powerful. And, and I thank God that Gil loved me enough to tell me the truth. Sure. Even, even at the cost of offending me. But it was that offense that forced me to say, let me look into this deeper instead of him just agreeing with me, just to agree with me. And even that, that the, like I said, the guy that came to visit, the fact that he was prepared to give me an answer. You know, mo most people will say, well, I don't have time. Yeah. You know, maybe he's too argumentative or whatever. Right. But that right there, and I wish I knew his name, but I can't. Maybe he was an angel. You know, he came in one time. He's good. I don't even know who the kid, guy's name. Literally, I mean, I, I used to joke around. I said, he's a short white guy. That's all I know. Right. You know, I mean, he, he put me in my place. So Wow. <laughs> so you, you did something, too, that I think is really interesting. You didn't accept Christ at the end of your career. Mm -mm. You didn't accept Christ in order to get speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. You accepted Christ right at the beginning. I mean, you are taking off. You're a kid from, from South Central Los Angeles mm -hmm. going to San Diego State on a scholarship, uh, the son of a plumber, uh, you know, and, and this large family. You come here, NFL. Mm -hmm. I mean, Green Bay fans are just mm -hmm. the, be the best anywhere mm -hmm. in, in, in any NFL stadium mm -hmm. you can go into. And, you're, and, then, and then you are just, man, at the, at the front end at all of this, mm -hmm. you accept Christ. Talk to me about how you navigated that, meaning, like, there's a discipline in that mm -hmm. as, a, as a young man coming in uh, into the pros, mm -hmm. all the pressures that are coming mm -hmm. in, and that you choose Jesus at the front end of this, not at the tail end of mm -hmm. this, at the front end of this. Well, a great question. Um, so basically, I remember, actually, my birthday just passed. I, I was born again in 2000, of, uh, September 26th of 2000. So I'm going on, my, I'm 16 years old. I, I, I know I look it, say yes, <laughs> yes, agree. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I accepted Christ uh, in, right in the beginning of the season. And I remember that's when I went to Gil, I went to Pulaski and uh, said that prayer. I remember Gilbert said that, hey, Kabir's not going to be, uh, you know, fireworks here. But he says, I assure you, in heavens, it's, it's way louder than it you can ever imagine in Lambeau Field. Right. And so anyway, the way I navigated through it, I remember one of the things that, you know, being in the NFL. Now I was cut. I, I got drafted in the fifth round. Was making $4,000 a week uh, just being on a practice squad. I said, it's kind of cool. You just practice. You don't even have to show up to the game. You get paid something, you know. And so... Um, anyway, um, one of the things that I thought was, because I'm being very frugal with money and everything, right. and, I, and I would say I was a hoarder. I had a hoarder mentality. I thought that, man, if I made just a little bit of money, like, you know, what we, we were talking about in college, 
I, I, will, I won't go broke. That's just, just my mentality. Well, now I have all this money. I have a little bit of fame just by being part of a great franchise like the Green Bay Packers. And I'm saying to myself, this is it? Is this it? Like it was just an empty feeling because, you know, you always told. Going oh, because yeah. yeah. most of the people in this room, we oh. would think like to be able to, oh. to come out of that tunnel, to be a part of that roster, to play with some of the people that you've already mm -hmm. mentioned would be like the most like fulfilling, life-giving thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. So you're there making six, seven digits, and you've got this. And, I mean, you're, you're just on the skyrocket takeoff, mm -hmm. and it's empty. It's empty. And, and, and I remember Jesus, I remember reading something in the gospel where Jesus was talking to the woman at the well mm -hmm. at this moment. And he says, and the woman, you know, was going to the well, and she was drinking and or pulling, and, and she said that, um, give me that living water. And she, she said, well, that water, and Jesus said, that water that you're going to drink, you're going to drink, you'll be thirsty again. But the water I give, you will never, ever thirst right. again. And I can tell you right now, after 16 years of walking with Christ Jesus, I have yet to experience any type of quench, thirst. I have not experienced that. So, matter of fact, wow. when I first became a Christian on September 26, I remember some of the Christian guys on the team told me, well, Kabir, guess what? You know, you're on fire now. You know, <laughs> it, it, it'll wear off. Don't worry about it. I'm still waiting. It's, it seems like it's getting worse. You know, I, right. I, I'm like, where is this thing? Does it just fade a little bit? But I've been, you know, obviously I'm just reading the word. And that's what I did. I made a practice of reading the Bible every year. I try to, you know, it, it takes me a year and a half to get through the Bible. I think I've read the Bible seven times, really more, but I like to stop at seven because it's a holy number. Right. But anyway. Number uh, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I like to think I'm at 94 right now. But, you know, but I just make it happen. And one of the things that I did was I took my, the way I was as an athlete, I treat it as a Christian because there's a lot of the same principles that you yeah, can get playing right. football being a Christian. In football, you have a playbook. As a Christian, you have a playbook called the Holy Bible. You have right. a coach. You have teammates. We call it the body. And so I just said, hey, I'm going to stick in my playbook. I'm going to know my playbook. Within three years, I was very well-versed in the Bible. And, I, and I, even Brett Favre, I remember seeing Brett Favre. 17, what year? I think he was 16, 12 years in the league. He's still in the playbook, still watching film. So just mm -hmm. because you say, okay, I'm mature now. I don't have to read the Bible or read right. the playbook. Why is Brett Favre still watching film? Doing? I say, you know something, I'm going to get in the, in the Word. And I just started doing it. That's and, that's, and that's what kind of kept me grounded in that world of money and fame and all of the stuff is because the word of God was close to me. I kept, I kept it so close that I was aware. So watching stuff on TV, and at work, I couldn't watch those things knowing that, and even when I did, it wasn't like I could sit there and watch it with enjoyment because I recognized if, if Jesus yeah. was standing right here, can I, can I watch this? Right. And so I used to start, or when guys would talk about money and girls, I would say, well, what do you think Jesus think about that? I would just kind of <laughs> say, well, I'm going to talk about my love. You talk about your love. I'm going to tell you about my love. And so I used to just kind of just, I just did, right. I just did what they did. I did it back. Well, you, know, that, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. just thinking, because sometimes like as yeah. a pastor, yeah. I know you never get yeah. this, yeah. <laughs> but as a pastor, people go, well, you know, that, that works great in the pastor world, yeah. but, but in the real world, oh. so NFL is about as real world as it gets. It's real. And so more, you're coming, more too real. You're, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're pushing back and just saying, hey, instead of you cramming your stuff down my throat, mm -hmm. I'm just going to push back and go, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what, so you're living this, oh. this Jesus life out in front of other people. And to tell you the truth, Pastor, I kind of miss those days because the difference is in, in there, it was too real. I'm talking about guys doing things that, you, sure. I mean, guys, I mean, you hear guys openly talking about cheating on their wives. You wow. know, I mean, or you've seen guys watching pornography 
on the planes or in, on, 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 in the bus or something like that. I right. mean, just things, I mean, flirting going on when you know the person is, I mean, you saw this mm. stuff. And so you can challenge, so I would challenge people. You know, yeah. I'm like saying, hey, I, and, and guess what we do in football? You go on the football field, start loafing or start, you know, you know, you know, not, you know, pulling your weight. You're right. going to have somebody that's going to say, hey, pick it up. So I'm like, hey, as a Christian, I'm going to do the same thing. So you had people on the team that said they were Christians. And so I'm like saying, hey, what, what does God think about this? And all of a sudden, I like to think that they had a prophet among them or somebody that was, you know, encouraging them in the faith. Wow. And, 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 and at the same time, it wasn't just me doing that. They also encouraged me because they knew that I was a believer. It wasn't like I was a believer in secret. Yeah. So they kept me accountable. I remember Mark Tauscher one time, um, you know, we were, we were um, no, not Mark Tauscher, but another old lineman who was giving me a hard time in practice, right? He would do, I would get to the quarterback, and he would, you know, push me afterwards because I can't do anything. I have to pull up, and he would do some extra stuff. But then I decided to retaliate and push back. And then all of a sudden, I get these guys say, wait. I thought you were supposed to turn the other cheek. You're a Christian. Ah, I'm like, yeah. oh, so you guys are listening. Yeah. <laughs> so they just think that Christians can't fight back. So, but I mean, it's just. You proved that wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but so that's kind of how I, I, I did it is just staying in the word. I had people who kept me accountable. You can't that's do awesome. Just like a football player. When I first left the game of football, I thought like, man, I'm going to work out all the time. Man, I was like the typical person, just wanted to sit down, didn't want to work out. So I said, I got to find me a workout partner. I work with a, another short White guy, his name is Jeff now, so I can give you a name. <laughs> and I said, hey, would you work out with me? And he's thinking like, wow, you're a professional. You want to work out with me? And the whole time I was like, hey, the fact that you show up, I have to show up now. You know, I got to look right. good, right? right? And so he's keeping me accountable. And so now I've been working out every day because of this guy showing up, keeping me accountable. And it's not like he's pushing me, but he's pushing me because he shows up. And it's the same thing as Christians. I had people around me to keep me accountable. Even the non-believers kept me accountable because they knew where I stood. Because you were, yeah, we've been talking about this yeah. in the series, that you were a follower of Jesus, mm. not a fan. Not a fan. So you, yeah. you kind of went to that point of saying, hey, I'm going to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. And so even, even the non-Christian guys on, on the team and on the roster were also holding you accountable because you're, you're public with your faith. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and here's, the, here's how I, I can't be a fan just of Jesus. You have to understand, when I ran to the cross, I did. I honestly ran to the cross of fear of going to hell. Once I start, when you read the Old Testament, that's why they didn't want me to read it. Because, you know, <laughs> the, the fear of the Lord comes to you, but that's the beginning of wisdom. But anyway, but in that reading, I'm saying, I finally came to the conclusion, I deserve to go to hell. I now recognize I am guilty. Just like if somebody murders somebody, they will be guilty to, to go to jail for, for their crime. I broke God's holy law. And I recognize that I need to go to hell. And so once I recognized, oh, that's why Jesus died, I literally mm -hmm. ran to the cross, figuratively, but literally ran to the cross. My first wasn't, well, oh, I want Jesus he loves me. I'm just telling you, that's just my story. I ran for fear of going to hell. But once I got to the cross, what happened to me was it went from fear of going to hell to gratitude that you would do this for me in spite of how I mentioned your name, how I treated you, how I treated your people. And so it went from gratitude, and I remember just feeling Jesus telling me, it said, gee, what can I do to repay you? And Jesus says, if you love me, you obey me. And so the way that I show Jesus my love is try to live a life of obedience. Does that mean I'm perfect? No. Right. I tell my kids, anybody I disciple, I tell my kids, a righteous man falls seven times. That's right. But gets back up. Yeah. And what makes him righteous is not that he's perfect. What makes him righteous is he gets back up. Just like yep. when I would get to That's the quarterback, good. I can't tell you how many times I, I, I failed getting to the quarterback. 
But I kept getting back up. When the guy will push me down, I will just keep crawling. If you ever see me play before, you will see me just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And that's right. what we are supposed to do in Christ is just to continue being relentless and following God and his commandments and try good. to bring other people around. That's good. That's really Thank good. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Sorry for my passion. No, man. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah. So what would you say to anybody that's here today that's considering uh, really becoming a follower of Christ? Maybe they've been a fan, and you're challenging them to kind of step out in their faith. Maybe they have no relationship with Jesus. They might have been raised in church or been around church, or, or, or maybe completely not at all. Maybe even like you, maybe they came from a completely different religion. And, but as they're listening to you today, the Holy Spirit's drawing them and doing a work in their heart. And what would you say to somebody that, that's considering becoming a Christ Well, follower? one, I would say I, I know that feeling. I've been there. And unfortunately, I don't know what your guys' situation is, and everybody's in a different situation. We have a lot of people that profess to be Christians, and you may not be getting a true picture of what that looked like. That's what my experience was. And when I finally decided to make my judgment about Jesus Christ and what he all stood for, I decided to make my judgment on him and start reading his That's word good. and start looking into him. And once I start looking to Jesus and not the people who are following him, that's when I start saying, man, I want what he has. And so, guys, here's the truth. We, we, we have a creator who is holy, who is perfect, and he does have standards. But God so loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, that is whoever, not some, not these people, not the people, made, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think of this guy, I think one person in the Bible, this is just my opinion now, Kabir's opinion, that showed the greatest faith of them all. Now, you may say, I, I don't know, you probably wonder who this is. It was this guy on the cross next to Jesus. You have, you have one guy on the other end, and you have the other guy, and the other guy was like, saying, hey, Jesus. I'm paraphrasing, guys. I got to put my little paraphrase in here, right? He said, hey, Jesus, won't you save yourself and save us, you know? And the other guy says, hey, quiet. He says, we deserve what we got, not this man. And he looked to Jesus, not when Jesus was riding a donkey, not when he was walking on mm -hmm. water, not when he was healing people, all the sick people, not when he was doing all this stuff. He was looking at Jesus at his worst. Yeah. And he told Jesus, will you remember me when you enter your kingdom? And Jesus, Jesus, I mean, God is pleased when we have faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. And he looked to the, to the thief on the cross and says, I, he said, to this day, you will enter paradise with me. He didn't get to do one single act of, right, of good deed. All he did was confess that he was a sinner. He recognized that he deserved what he was getting. And two, he recognized that Jesus Christ was the king of kings. And that's why he got to go into paradise. And so if he can get to paradise, that means each and every one of you, if you do what I just told you, put your trust in Jesus, confess that you're a sinner, confess that, yeah, you're right, God, we were wrong. And that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And so that's what I would tell you. I don't know if I'm trying to make it as clear because that's what I wanted to know. Once I recognized that, that's where I was able to, and my life has been better. I have, I have a wife, I have seven children, six boys, one girl, and I'm trying to have more kids. And, and it's all for one wife, by the way. I just want to make sure, I, I don't have the luxury of, I just want to make that clear. I just want to make that clear. But, 
But then why do I want to have more kids? Because the, the, the Bible says in the beginning, be fruitful and multiply. And I say, guys, that's a great commandment. I say, honey, I'm just trying to be obedient. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so don't get mad at me. You know what I'm saying? So anyway. <laughs> but, that's, but that's the honest truth, guys, is it, it's, it, the salvation is right there for the taking. All you got to do is put your trust in Christ, believe that, believe that he died on the cross for your sin, acknowledge that you are a sinner, and you'll be saved. So. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, what we want to do today is we want to give you an opportunity that if you are here and you say, you know what, I want to, I, I want to do exactly what Kabir is saying. I want to give my life to Christ. Um, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Period. It's not about joining a church. It's not about being BFFs with a pastor. It's not about having some inside track. It's, a, it's about the fact that God so loved you. And I and Kabir and every one of us that he gave his one and only son. That if any of us would believe on him, we would have that eternal life. And so today what I want to do is I just want a chance to give you an opportunity to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And so if you're here today, I'm going to ask everybody, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, just everyone in this room. Just, just everybody in this room. Just I'm not going to take long, but if you're here today and you'd say, man, Aaron, I you know what, I want to give my life to Christ. I want, to, I want to, to surrender my life to Christ. I just want to give you that opportunity. I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. One, I'm going to ask you with every head bowed and every eye closed, just to slip up your hand in just a second say, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. Secondly, what we're going to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And praying that prayer doesn't save you. But if you believe the prayer that you're praying in your heart, you will be saved. It's the same prayer that Kabir prayed. It's the same prayer that I prayed. It's the same prayer that the thief on the cross prayed. God, I believe that you so loved me that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins, sins that I committed and that I am guilty of. But you in your great love sent him for me. And so I ask him to come and to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all of my wrongdoing. And then what's going to happen in that moment we're gonna, when we pray that prayer together, I'm going to ask those of you in just a minute to, that's prayed that prayer before to lend your voice with those who are praying that prayer for the very first time. And what's going to happen is you're going to go from death to life. Amen. And that the life of Christ, the power that raised Christ from the dead is going to fill your heart and the peace that passes understanding. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you'd say, Aaron, Kabir, I, I, I want to give my life to Christ. I, I want to follow Jesus. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. Thanks. Just up and back down. Thanks, thanks, thanks. All over this room. Thanks. Just up and back down. Somebody else, man, that's where I'm at. I want to give my life to Christ. Thank you. Anybody else who say, man, that's where I'm at. Thanks. Thanks. Anyone else with every head bowed and every eye closed? This is, this is what this is all about. It's about giving you an opportunity just to have this life-changing encounter with Jesus. Thank you. Anyone else? You may be in your 40s or your 50s. And you may be totally cool with Jesus, but you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. He's an idea that you're cool with at Christmas and Easter, but you've never said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and come into my life. I want to be a follower of you. Thank you. Anybody else? See, that's where I'm at, man. I just want to pray. Thank you. Here's what we're going to do with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to ask Kabir to pray this with me. And I'm going to... I'm going to ask you, to, those of you that have prayed this prayer before, to lend your voice with those that are praying this prayer for the very first time. And Jesus is going to come into your heart and come into your life today. 
Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, ask you I ask you to come into my heart. To come into my heart. To come into my life. To come into my life. And to be my Lord. And to be my Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. Today. Today. I believe. I believe. In you, Jesus. In you, Jesus. The Son of God. The Son of God. Born of a virgin. Born of a virgin. Lived a sinless life. Lived a sinless life. Died on the cross for my sins. Died on the cross for my sins. And rose from the grave. Just like the Bible said. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of my sins giving me a new heart and for the grace to save me, something I can't do of myself. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.